podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Towards Gabbiadini! Oh, he's hit the post and he's gone in! And one shot treated Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. Here's Bayano, give and go with Sturridge, that's lovely! Tommy Smith, hello for Russia! That's going to be that! It's John Bolt, it's Pearson, it is 1-0 to Derby County! Chris Collins, Bolton! What a goal! Another chance for Russell. This time he makes it. The Rams rampant. Hello and welcome once again to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast for episode five. My name's Chris Parsons, and everyone knows by now the life of a Derby County fan has plenty of ups and downs, and we've certainly had that in the past two weeks. We've had a botched transfer, a five-goal thrashing. George Thorne played a proper football match and lived to tell the tale. Johnny Russell scored a goal in the right end, but Derby are out of the Carabao Cup after Shocker conceding a late goal away from home. We will discuss all of that and plenty more in the company of Richard Kutcher and Tom Martin. Hi there. But as is tradition, we'll kick off as we always do with this for you both. Who ram I? I played. I sorry. I made twenty-two appearances for Derby County in two thousand and four slash two thousand and five. The twenty-two. I wonder if there's a clue here because twenty-two is the number I always get on the back of my Derby County shirt. Cuts twenty-two. Cuts twenty-two. Exactly. Mm. It is you in no a, way a clue. Is that? A, is it I a clue? Though? Is it? Is, is it? it? But it's two thousand four, two thousand five. That's the George Burley season. Uh, yeah, George Burley uh, pedigree shirt, pedigree Derby County shirt. Nice away kit that was. Yeah, the blue oh, ass, that's yeah. my first Cut 22 shirt. Yeah, there's so many clues here. <laughs> I can feel this is my year. This is my year. All good, week. Good, so. good luck, Cut. <laughs> so Tom is looking to make a uh, uh, an outrageous 5 0 lead if he gets this one right. No, Coach, 4 and a half nil. Cut, how do you feel about that? Well, it's 22, so it's, this is my week. 22. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what you mean by that. Cut, <laughs> 20. My name is Richard Cutcher. And I get, and my birthday is twenty second of October, so catch twenty two, catch twenty two, catch twenty two situation we're in. What are you talking about? That's my that's my football shirt. That's my football <laughs> shirt. So this is my one. I'm gonna win. I've got some, I've got some <laughs> ideas. I've got some ideas percolating, and I think I'm gonna get it right. Let's let's move on to uh, what <laughs> literally finished a few minutes ago. Uh, Barnsley three, Derby County reserves two. Um, Derby are out of the Carabao Cup in the second round and denied a trip to the National Stadium. Uh, very disappointing, wasn't it, Richard, overall? Uh, yeah, I couldn't make it next week anyway, so not that disappointing. Um, but no, it was disappointing, considering, considering we were leading, and I think it sounded like, we all listened to it together on, on uh, BBC Radio Derby, and it sounded like actually was a decent performance from second string team. Obviously, George yep. Form was coming back. We had some young players playing. Um, Tom Lawrence got another run out it all sounded relatively positive and then it just sounds like we died off in the last 20 minutes and, and Barnsley kind of maybe their fitness paid off I think that's what Ramage was trying to say that maybe Barnsley were a bit fitter it's a fair point isn't it that yeah. uh, a lot of these players um, you know Derby made 11 changes and played a lot of players who, who wouldn't have had a lot of minutes this season even though it's only September uh, Tom was, was fitness a factor do you think? 
I, I don't know. It's it's very early in the season. I think you make eleven changes and you say, oh, they're now fresh and and willing and healthy and wanting yeah. to run around lots. Or you make eleven changes and you go, oh, they've not played very much. So for me, it's an excuse. I think we should have held out. Um, we seem to dominate and control most of that game. Uh, they brought on Adam Hamill and he changed the game. And I, to be honest, I don't think Barrett reacted to the fact that they brought on Hamill and um, he suddenly started pulling the strings and he didn't. He left any sort of changes because they seemed to go four four two. Um, and that go with the two up top that's what it seemed to be from the radio uh, commentary and we didn't really react uh, quick enough and by the time we did react it was too late the uh, the tide had turned so I don't I, I don't think fitness was a factor and I think if we're honest like Shackle and Pierce. I mean I know that you know obviously technically our second choice set about pairing right now but that's two pretty experienced yeah. championship defenders like that that those two in their own right could easily be a, a a promotion winning pairing I would have thought so they should have done better really with the changes Although we were watching the goals as they went in on Sky Sports News weren't we and Pierce got absolutely rinsed for pace for the uh, mm. for the third goal didn't yeah. he I was debating what he was running on was it his knees quick sound running through treacle wasn't he yeah. um, but anyway Tom let's look at the positives um, a goal for Johnny Russell that's going to do his confidence a world of good isn't it uh, definitely I mean we gave him a bit of a hammering after the Sheffield United game and probably rightly so Um to be honest, he, he took the finish quite nicely. I uh, don't think the defending was great, but it's always nice to see him shift it onto his left and put it in the put it in the far corner. So yeah, it's got to be good for him. Um, and to see him bounce back straight away is, is positive. So yeah, pleased with that. We were trying to work out the last time Mason Bennett uh, scored a first team goal, and we had to go back to the sort of thirteen fourteen season, didn't we? Uh, the in cu- the in the in the league at least. Yeah, I think Coach Craig Bryson scored a hat trick that day. And Millwall, yeah, and me and me and yeah. Chris were on TV on the football league show. Yeah, for, you, for, you for three seconds. Yeah. For three seconds, oh, yeah. I've got it framed that picture. <laughs> Do they? Uh, I mean, Bennett's twenty-one now, isn't he? Does he? Yeah, he was out on loan at Mansfield last season. I, I want to say he had some time at Burton as well. Yeah, did he? Burton, Mansfield. He's been somewhere at Cunfort maybe as well at some point. I think. Does he have a first team future, coach? Do you think? Um, I think we all. I think. Most Derby County fans would hope that he does. Um, I remember when he first broke through years and years and years ago, um, they played him more down the central. He seemed like he was more of like a number 10 type player. He had he was skillful. He was quite strong. He had a good upper body strength. Um, and, you know, eye for a pass and technical. And he seems to have just been shunted out wide more and more as he's got older. But he's still, he's still young. Um, I just, I wonder if... When he first broke through, he looked like a kind of kid that just loved to play football. And I wonder if four or five years of a bit of injury, a bit of loaning, some personal problems, I wonder if that's all kind of taking its toll on him. He just seems like not the kind of person that's got the same magic in his eye as he did when he came through. So I know, I I know, know. I know what you mean by personal problems, but I mean, we've no idea if he hasn't he but I think what you meant by personal problems is sort of lack of confidence don't you Like, and the fact that he's not featuring and he's not getting near first team squads and that's going to affect you yeah that's going to affect you I mean he has had stuff outside of his outside of football as well but um, yeah I just think he's been mucked about a little I think changing managers often doesn't help and being loaned out to different clubs and not not being there for very long and getting brought back early and things like this is, I think he's not been maybe handled as well as other young players have been handled at the club. I don't think that's necessarily one person's fault. Um, but yeah, I think he still could have. He's definitely has got something about him. He definitely has got uh, a high level of skill. When he's got, he's for a, for a small lad, he's is powerful and he is fast. But he, you're competing those wide those wide areas. You've got to have something going forward, and he got to work hard going back as well. 
So let's look at, uh, speaking of youngsters, um, Derby fielded what we make, Tom, their uh, seventh youngest player I think it's eighth. Ever. Yeah, I had, Somewhere I, in the top ten, but basically yeah. uh, Max Bird started for Derby today in the centre of midfield with George Thorne and... Callum Guy, who is he about? He's a bit older, isn't he? Yeah, he's twenty. Who yeah. uh, also featured late on, who came on as a sub. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't know a huge amount about about the two of them. I sort of I, I, I glance at the academy news every so often. But uh, Tom, what, what can you tell us about about Max Bird? Is he is he one for the future? Um, well, he's younger than some of the students I teach, and <laughs> my first initial research was the fact he's a comedian. So. The internet doesn't show us too much, uh, and then I had to do a bit, solid bit more googling research. Well yeah, then. solid googling. But um, I actually found quite a few interesting things about him. Um, he's obviously very young. He's seventeen next week, um, and uh, he won one of the Academy Scholars of the Year. So he's obviously a talented player. Um, he seems to like to pass the ball, according to to his interview that I watched as well. So that's always helpful. Possibly, that yeah. is always helpful. For well, he, he likes to get the if ball you like down. To pass the ball. How that many is... players that don't like to pass the ball? I mean, so what you mean is he's it. not a sort of a destroyer and a runner like like someone like Jamie Hansen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I'll say what you mean. It's fine. Thanks. He's more Thanks, of a Will Hughes than a Jamie Hansen. Well, we don't know yet, do we? He's only well, sixteen. You did, you did the research. So. I did. But but he's still sixteen. <laughs> sixteen years and three hundred and something days. He is Derby's seventh or eighth youngest player ever, isn't he? Uh, yeah, behind. Uh, you reckon from our very sketchy research after a few glasses of wine? I'm pretty sure I've nailed this one. Behind <laughs> Steve Powell from 1972, uh, and then in front of Giles Barnes. No relation to Chris. No, no, no relation to Daryl. Definitely not. Uh, Steve Powell's white for first. Probably a bit of a giveaway. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I think he's he's obviously a talented player. Um, he's quite liked by Wassel and stuff, and they they picked him out. He's one of the uh, youth academy players, um, quite highly rated. So who knows? He's he's very young. Um, so he's, seven, he's seventeen next week. Seventeen on Monday, yeah. And seventeen on Monday, and he played. He was playing for the under twenty what freeze last year. So he's played. He's no, he played for the under 18s last year, and um, he's played. He got signed on scholarship terms over the summer. And I mean, he's to play that to play that far ahead of your age group is pretty impressive, even at that younger age. I know it. I know it does happen, but uh, he's obviously playing two or three years ahead of himself. I'm going to put it out there. He's doing more of his life than I was when I was seventeen. On my seventeenth birthday, I. I vomited in a rock club in Burton on Trent. <laughs> <laughs> and then had my first ever driving lesson the next day. Both, both of which were disastrous. <laughs> and then I got home and uh, Derby beat Bolton 3-1 at the Reebok. That was our last ever Premier League away victory, that one. Um, and or was it one? No, they beat Blackburn 1-0 away, sorry, uh, I think. Disastrous. Um, Malcolm Christie scored the winner. And yeah. I was convinced we were going to stay up. Um, but we did and uh, look at you now yeah. you're hosting a Derby County podcast yeah <laughs> who would you rather be yeah what, what would uh, <laughs> what would Mr Bird take now would he take playing for Derby County or would he play hosting Derby County podcast I don't know <laughs> tough one to ask let's leave that one unanswered <laughs> for all what, about, what about Mr Guy then what about Callum Guy well, Callum Guy's a bit, a bit easier. We know, we, I think we know him a bit more, don't we? He's been a bit, around a bit longer. Yeah, he was um, he was on loan last year at, at Port Vale, uh, and Michael Brown, the Port Vale manager, not that Michael Brown himself is highly regarded by the Vale <laughs> fans. Uh, I've got a colleague who's a, a Stoke slash Port Vale fan uh, and gave me a, his two penneth on Michael Brown. But um, Michael Brown seemed to quite like him. He liked his energy, he liked his passing ability, and he um, he's also quite versatile, it seems. He played in central midfield, but he also played at right back uh, in one one or two of the games last year, um, unfortunately, 
uh, shorted by an injury at the end of last season. I think it was calf strain, uh, and he's just coming back. Hence, why perhaps he maybe didn't start this tonight, and he only came off the bench and gave a, a sort of ten, ten to fifteen minute performance rather than the full, uh, rather than starting the game. But yeah, both of them look like talented players. Um, Max Bird obviously significantly younger. Who knows what could happen with him if he's treated in the right way. Um, but Rowett didn't want to get rid of Callum Bragg. He wanted to keep hold of him uh, and make make him involved in the first team. If we'd have progressed further and had we have beaten Barnsley tonight, he may well have been playing next week. I mean, it's interesting. That we, I know we're going to come on to midfield options uh, later on the second half of the podcast, but obviously we are now short of uh, midfield options. So these guys coming in, Bird and Guy, I mean, they could well get some game time this yeah, season because we're, obviously, we're definitely short of midfield options. So uh, they're definitely ones to keep an eye on. Hopefully we'll see some more of them this season. And I don't think Derby are in the position at the moment where we're desperate and we're in a real bad rut, but some of the, the best players have come out, uh, who are young players, have come out from times when it's been really... It's, it's been pretty dark as a Derby fan. Yeah, Huddleston. Holmes, Huddleston, who I know didn't... Holmes in particular didn't go on for great things. Nathan Doyle, they, they're all very young players who, who play for the Derby team and, and forged decent careers for themselves. And Hendrick and um, Hughes, when, when Hendrick and yeah. Hughes broke in, they broke in in Nigel Clough's kind yeah. of mid-table struggling team. Yeah. So uh, I think we can hopefully see some more of these guys this season. I think it's good to see. And in terms of the team that played Barnsley tonight in general... Um, how many of those can you see? Uh, how many of those made a decent case for keeping their place against Bristol City, Kutch? Mm. So the likes of uh, Anya started, Russell, Pierce, and Shackle at the back. Wisdom and Forsyth, who you'd imagine will be the first yeah, choice. Yeah, I mean, first choice, I I think, think, the only obvious ones would be Wisdom and Forsyth, and they're kind of red herrings, aren't mm. they? Because they've missed games recently for for other reasons. I'm not. I'm not sure that any of them really put their hand up enough. You know, yeah. Fawn, I don't think is ready to start. Uh, I thought Anya played well, like from the from the radio. Set up good assist for the goal, wasn't it? Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I don't think you would drop uh, Vidra. Obviously, Lawrence came off the bench, didn't yeah. he? At the end, um, it had a small impact. So I, I, I don't. I can't see him changing the the first team from what happened against Hull, apart from maybe Forsyth and or Wisdom coming back in. Could it be a change for Vyman Maybe because. Yeah. Um, whilst Hull was a fantastic result I don't think it was a fantastic performance and I think um, there is there is room for change up there and I think if Anya's come in and done a decent job when you, if he's if he's played quite well tonight when are you going to give him the chance um, I think Anya will at least come off the bench in a game soon mm. um, he wasn't even making squads before no. was he no. um, and Vyman had uh, Vyman was great against Preston wasn't he yeah yeah and decent against Bolton as well but hasn't done a huge amount since then um, so we shall see what happens I mean with Thorne it's been I worked it out that it's been 492 days since he last played a first team game in that game where he broke his ankle against Ipswich yeah. at the end of the 15-16 season so progress then um, yeah. so yeah he, <laughs> so long, he'll, he'll have to feel his way back won't he and uh, well we've, we've we've talked about him for for a fairly long time on every single podcast so far so let's leave that one there um, and let's talk about something a bit cheerier instead because while the mood is a bit a bit sort of gloomy tonight <laughs> after Darby's Cup exit uh, Friday night was a very different story wasn't it Tom uh, Kutch you 
you missed it as the as the pod's resident culture vulture. You were at the BBC Proms. I was at the BBC Proms, and I came out in the interval to get my second bottle of rosé. And um, it obviously, it was rosé. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I, I had I had numerous I had numerous goal alerts. Not just one goal alert, not two goal alerts, but four goal alerts uh, from Pride Park on BBC Sports app. Um, and, and when uh, um, I was just say, when you uh, so while you were doing that, yeah. soaking up all that stuff, yeah. Meanwhile, Tom and I saw a, a symphony of attacking football <laughs> oh, there at we Pride go. Park <laughs> for Derby County five, Hull City nil. Um, we were saying, Tom, weren't we? It was a it was a, it was a strange five nil, wasn't it? Because yeah, I think so. Um, it's not often that a side gets a penalty, has more attempts on goal and more possession, and loses five nil. And that's what happened. It, it was bizarre, I think, and the penalty was clearly a turning point, but. Whilst Hull had more attempts, I think the better chances fell to to the Derby team, um, and we were extremely clinical, which is perhaps the difference between uh, what happened tonight and what happened uh, on Friday. We were much more clinical on Friday. Um, we had a couple of chances tonight, for example, when uh, Foz could have pulled it back to Anya uh, at two one, um, and if that had gone in, then we could have gone on to one tonight. So that maybe was the difference between uh, Friday and, and tonight. I think we we took every single chance that fell our way. If you wanted a bit of luck, um, we got it in bucket loads on Friday, which is quite nice. It's always nice to be a whole team. So Here's one for you. Can either of you remember the occasion in recent history when Derby County scored five but didn't win? Oh. Was it a game against Millsborough in Premier League? No, oh, no, no. Is it Scunthorpe in the League Cup? It was, yeah. Tom's yeah, there. Of course he is. Yeah, Tom's there. of course he is, yeah. <laughs> Scunthorpe in the League Cup. We were 4-1 up, I think, as well. I was looking at this earlier. Derby were, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Derby were 3-0 three, three up at half-time and 5-3 up in injury time, but conceded twice in injury time to force it to extra time at 5-all. And, and, and then lost on pens. Yeah, I mean, if you thought this current squad were a load of bottle jobs, then you know you should have seen uh, plenty of contenders for yeah. The twenty twelve League Cup vintage. Um, but anyway, no Hull was. <laughs> Cheers for that, Chris. I'm just going to go outside. I thought this was the uplifting part of the podcast. <laughs> I just, I just had to mention that result again. Um, the, the positive from Hull, I would say, the biggest positive was Bradley Johnson. I thought he was absolutely mm. terrific. Um, that he, pass for the, the Nugent setup for Vidra's second goal. Yeah, ec- excellent, excellent ball. Um, was he your man in the match, Tom? Without doubt, uh, clearly head and shoulders above the rest. Because um, he won the actual man in the match, didn't he? Yeah, you, you'd, you'd agree with that. I, I think so. I don't think him, him and Vidra were both good, but um, I thought. Johnson was excellent just the way he controlled the midfield um, his passing ability the way he got everywhere and I thought him and Huddleston did what we've expected them to do uh, and they haven't done so far Is that is that starting to really blossom do you think that Huddleston-Johnson is that starting to look like a proper partnership I know that against yeah. Sheffield United we, we said they were in I wouldn't say I wouldn't quite go that far I mean I think it was let's be honest you know we still couldn't stop Hull from creating a number of chances which, mm. are, which they really should have put away it was never. I didn't think it was a five-nil game. If I'm no. honest, I think three-two would have been about fair. <coughs> to who? Derby. I mean, Derby, Derby had the better chances. Uh, it, I didn't think it was a five-nil game. And on Johnson and, and Huddleston, I think the the criticism of Johnson has always been he he's not quite as good in possession, is he? Um, and not quite as sort of positionally disciplined yeah. mm. as he could be. Um, but he's. Uh, but you know, he, he can pop up at times, can't he? And you know that the first goal he scored. Almost identical to the Sunderland goal, wasn't it? He just yeah, sort of arrived, arrived, yeah. timed his run to the back stick well, and just slotted it in. He's already got three or four goals this yeah. season, hasn't he? He's got three goals this yeah. season. So him and Vidra, um, to my reckoning, are 
top goal scorers at the moment with, with three each. Uh, and Johnson's have all come from open play and he's taken them pretty nicely. Um, I, th- I was really impressed with him on, on Friday and for me he was a standout performer. But he um, was he, he was being allowed to make those runs, wasn't he? Because yeah. because Hull just didn't press. They were crap. And <laughs> Let's put it bluntly, they were crap. <laughs> full, the, the fullback who won the penalty. Obi Aina is online from apart Chelsea. Apart that, he had an absolute nightmare, didn't he? He, he, he yeah. just sort of gave up towards the end. He was having a shocker. But Hull as a whole yeah. sort of didn't press. They didn't sort of close down attacks from the front. So because of that, you know, our sort of front six yeah. could all push forward and Johnson was able to get into those positions. Whereas yeah. Sheffield United, um, Huddleston and, and Johnson were, were getting pinned and, and outrun, weren't they? And he yeah, never really got a chance to get forward in the same way. I think um, the thing you noticed was the, the, the gaps in the line. So the gap between the defence and midfield for Hull. Uh, we exploited that fantastically. Um, and we created so much in that in that sort of space. And we sat back and we let them come at us. And they did create a lot of chances, but they had a lot of sort of long shots. So I think the shots on target, um, it's not. It's one of those sort of funny statistics in football that you can shoot from 30 yards as a shot on target or, or shot off target. Um in terms of clear-cut chances, I think Derby created the better ones. But you mentioned the fullback. Uh, I think it's Obiena, who was um, the Chelsea lad. Uh, I think who played for England twenties. I thought at one stage he'd taken his shin pads out and was injured because he was sort of walking around, not challenging for headers. Then the next thing he was bolting down the line trying to put a cross in. So I don't know whether he was injured or what's happened there. But no, he had a nightmare of a game. Baird uh, and, and Olsen were, were were getting so much space down the flanks, weren't yeah. they? And, Offensive um, fullbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Coach, you you weren't able to see the game, but you've seen the goals. Mm. Um, do, do, do you think, from a highlights point of view, you know it was as convincing as it seemed? Like, what what was your read on it from just seeing what you well, have seen? What I liked about it, actually, well, the only really thing I took away from it was just the quality of the goals. Obviously, the, the free kick was good. Obviously, going back to us maybe getting lucky, another goalkeeper definitely saves that that free kick from Vidra. I mean, Vidra yeah. shouldn't be able to put it. Uh, in that, in well, the took a stuck step yeah. to the right, didn't he? Yeah, he shouldn't be able to put it in the keeper's side. He put like a whip on it, but it wasn't in the corner. Yeah, yeah. he hit it. Yeah, he hit it hard, but it was the keeper's side, and it wasn't in the corner. So uh, it was, it, was it me, or was it a really terribly positioned wall? Yeah, yeah, everything about that. It was about the was wall bad. was about three yards yeah. too far to the right. But apart, but you know, taking that side, sorry, like as I said before, the Johnson Nugent Vidra you know, link up for the for uh, Vidra's second goal. Was you know superb to watch, really yeah, yeah. nice. Honestly, Excellent. as I said before, like I thought Huddleston, I just assumed Huddleston played that pass, and I rewound it. I was like, oh, it's Brian Johnson played that pass outside of his foot. Mm-hmm. Lovely, nicely, yeah, nicely weighted, wasn't it? Yeah, and really nice awareness from Nugent just to hold it up. You know, classic Chris Martin style. You saw Chris yeah. Martin do that for years with Craig Bryson before. Um, so I thought the goals, the goals are really nice. Um, nice to see some goals from outside the box as well from the Johnson second goal. I think. Yeah. Um, Finish that nicely and. Yeah, we got a little bit lucky, I think, with the you know, missed penalty at a crucial time. Uh, but I think a real good feel-good factor win for the players on the way back from international break. It's a shame about tonight's result against Barnsley. Maybe punches that a little bit, but at least it's a whole different team. And I, I, as I said, I expect, apart from maybe Wisdom coming back in, I would expect the same team to play on Saturday. I've mentioned uh, Johnson as sort of man of the match, and I think he was. But I thought Keogh was excellent as well, like putting wow. blocks in there. Uh, that's, Tom Mar- that's Tom Martin. Yeah, saying that Richard Keogh's played well. I thought I thought he was really really good. Can, um, can you put that in writing? I, I will do. <laughs> I thought laminated. It's, it's, it was. I thought him and him and Davis were fantastic, and I thought they defended well. And like this is what I've sort of tried to say. The whole had lots of shots, but I, I didn't really feel threatened. There was a couple of chances where, yes, I do think they could have scored, um, and I do think maybe three-two might have been a, a fairer result on the balance of play, maybe. Um, 
but at the same time I thought we defended well and thought Carson was solid Davis was solid um, and I, yeah I was impressed with Kia really impressed so we will uh, talk more about uh, more sort of Derby County matters in the second half we uh, it's been a few days now since the Mikel Kiftenbeld transfer saga um, which saw him not sign for Derby on transfer deadline day uh, Kutch has lined up a few possible replacements that can do a job do a job until January do we even need to um, possibly we do after the Barnsley game or maybe we didn't after after the whole game but we will discuss that and a few more things as well as getting the answer to who ram I in the second half so join us after this Powell again there's Villains Asanovic Hello and welcome back to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast. Uh, so in the second half, we were just going to discuss Derby County's transfer business, or lack of, as it turned out to be, on uh, deadline day. We all went through it now. We're all there on Twitter, refreshing our feeds. I was um, in bed. That sort of thing. Me too. Or, sleep, or, or sleeping through it. Um, from what I understand, correct me if, if I've got the events wrong here, um, Derby were in for... Giftenbeld, yeah. um, who Rowett has managed before at Birmingham, uh, sort of a central defensive midfielder, was going to play alongside Huddleston. Perfect. Uh, loves a tackle, gets around, uh, gets around the pitch, that sort of thing. He had the forms, signed the wrong part of the form, uh, sent the form back. Derby sent him a new form, um, which he, he filled in correctly. Well done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which, well, and um, while all this was going on, we were selling Craig Bryson to, or giving Craig Bryson on loan to. Uh, That's Cardiff. right. Yeah. yeah. He sent the forms back eventually. And Craig Bryson did his forms correctly. Yeah. First time. <laughs> First time. Never <laughs> did take. Greg. Um, we sent off the forms, but they uh, they were two minutes late, and uh, the EFL would not ratify the transfer. Um, why, 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 it could be anything, really, couldn't it? I mean. Clifton Bald was in Amsterdam, apparently. Living so, so Wi-Fi. Did they let you? They make allowances for that. Well, it's free roaming now, isn't it? EU. Yeah. So no excuses there. Who's, who's a professional I mean, footballer? Don't be so tight. Who's, who's, <laughs> whose time are they on? I mean, one man's eleven oh two is another man's ten fifty nine. Basically, <laughs> let, let, let's be pleased we haven't signed somebody who can't fill in a form correctly. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't How it? How do you tackle properly if you can't I'm not sure. Form? Where does the blame lie? <laughs> I think that's a does, fair comparison. <laughs> does, do, yeah, is there actually any need for us to get upset about this and and throw blame about? I don't know. It's a tough one. What what I did found what I did find amusing was someone from the club, uh, someone just from backroom administration of the club, tweeted about our club secretary working through the night and working really hard. And congratulations to her. Um, but that was before the news broke that this transfer hadn't gone through. So it's almost oh like God. a preemptive. Um, congratulate. Yeah, hopefully they, they 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 untweeted that tweet. Uh, I did feel sorry for the, the the DCFC social media team who must have spent a lot of time doing that, doing, doing that teletext gif. Yes, that they yeah. that they did with like about signs, which I really enjoyed. That was good. That it was very imaginative. Yeah, and uh, in the end, and we made it end up looking stupid. I'm not going to lie. I'd- I don't like these gifts and stuff like that. Just announced signings. Oh, <laughs> they I'm look like, crap. Like granddad. How old are you, Tom? Just bloody announce a signing. Someone good, please. And, and you, make sure you, he signs. Fill the form in and then put it on Teletext. Which it doesn't it's, exist it's, anymore. It's like that really frustrating thing when you like you used to go on Teletext and it doesn't work. 
Internet's overrated, says, <laughs> says Raw's Tom Martin. Rage. But we haven't got him, so let's move on. Let's enjoy watching Craig Brighton bang them in for Neil Warnock. And let's not be bitter about That's it. That's very much not, enjoy- not an enjoyable prospect. Uh, no. But in the meantime, Kutch, you were looking at the possible players that Derby could get in to do a job until January as uh, there's sort of talk that we're going to go back in for Kifton Beld and yeah. you know, I mean you know the paper's probably paper's probably on his desk ready to sign off so <laughs> well hopefully this time yeah but, so, but who he's got you, 30 days next month next time who have you identified as um, someone who could do a job until just then? yeah so I've identified six prospects and um, three of them are realistic and three of them are a bit more red herrings and just so all Derby County fans are reassured I did email this directly to Gary Rowett before I unveiled it on the podcast, so he has got a head start on these on these recommendations. <laughs> that is that is the main thing. That much. is, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's uh, I'm sure he's on the team bus down the M1 from Barnsley now. Yeah, yeah. Giving, giving like, that a keen a keen look. Are you actually Richard Rowett, his brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the new scouting edition. Yeah. Following Joe McLaren, I'm Richard Rowett. Um, so these probably none of these are probably actually going to join Derby County, but there's some people. These are you know relatively suitable midfielders who are free agents right now, and we could get in. Uh, Yusuf Malumbu, that if you remember Malumbu, who was being Norwich, he was let go from Norwich end of last season. He was at West Brom before that. How old is he now? Uh, he's still only thirty, so he's been around a while. But yeah, he's proper. He's quite a box to box ball winning midfielder. I can imagine him playing next to Huddleston. Big and strong, isn't he? Big and strong, mm. and he's a bit something different to what we've got. I don't think we've got a midfielder. Yeah. Even if you brought, even if you had Butterfield and Bryson set around, he'd still be something a bit different. And obviously. Rowett didn't really fancy those guys so Malumbu I could see is probably the most likely option from what I can see out there but I'm sure there's hundreds of other kids available uh, Joe Ledley is still available after being let go by Palace now he, he is the one who a lot of fans have talked about on Twitter isn't he yeah and he's already apparently rejected a few championship clubs uh, earlier in the summer but that was exactly on um, exactly sorry earlier in the summer so uh, maybe he's a bit more desperate now um, he's still only 30 as well um, apparently he's he's also already got 73 caps for Wales that is mental and for a caps. team a club that's only a, a country that's only played one tournament in his lifetime 73 caps is quite a lot um, that must be like about as many as like Robbie Savage qualifiers and friendlies yeah I mean I'm not sure if he's the kind of midfielder is, is he a bit too similar maybe to what the kind of midfielders we've already got? He's not really a, a real ball-winning, combative midfielder, is he? Which I think is what... Has he got out. legs anymore, do you reckon? He, he probably still has got some legs. Um, but Good left foot as well. I don't know if I don't know if he's... I think he would be a good a good squad addition, but I don't think he's... If we're thinking about what Gary Rowett is after and an alternative to signing we were meant to make, then is Joe Daddy that person? I, I don't think he is, but he's he's definitely available. Come on, hit me with another name. Uh... Jay Spearing. No. Not, not that name. <laughs> Twenty eight, uh let go from Bolton end of last season after and he was at Bolton for a while, but he ended up spending uh, a bit of last season alone at Blackburn, which is odd. Bolton and Blackburn exchanging players. If if Jay Spearing's the answer, then I I, I, I don't know what the question is. Is Jay Spearing more of a Nigel Clough signing? Burton Albion. For Burton. Mm. Yes. I mean, he, he's, he's actually, again, a bit like Malumbu. He's probably more suited to what Rauch's looking for. I'm not saying he's the answer. I'm just saying he's an option. He's available. He's free. And if, it, if we're looking for a stopgap for three months and maybe be a, do a squad job. I mean, it's, a- it's interesting this because do you think that... I mean, we don't even know if Rauch is even looking for someone. Um, and if, they, if, he, if he is, would that player be prepared to be cover? 
effectively because let's not forget that Thorne played the full 90 tonight against Barnsley and Bradley Johnson was in decent form before that and they've so, got two young midfielders who played tonight and would this person and be would someone want to come in to be third in the backing order well do you want to come do you want to sit at home and earn no money or do you want to come in for a few months and earn five grand a week I guess they do literally I take, have to, ma- I, I literally have to make a living, a don't they? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying that we should sign any of those players, but I'm just saying those ones are out there. And then some more real pie-in-the-sky uh, free agents out there. Matu Flamini. Love a bit of that. That's classic. Is available. Big big fan of that. Uh, he, he didn't exactly set the world light at Palace, so, and he's still available. He's 33. Sully Montari. Oh, we, haven't, we haven't seen Montari wow. for a while, have we? Interesting, Mister Montari of AC Milan and Pompey uh, stature. Also How old is he? Thirty-three years old. Wow. And then um, this is an interesting one. I, I'm surprised he hasn't got a new club yet. Jan Kirkhoff, who was at Sunderland last year, who I believe under Moyes was absolutely terrible. And then who came in at Sunderland in the last season? No one did, did they? They sacked Moyes. Yeah, there was. I think Kirkhoff. He basically went hot and cold at Sunderland last season, and sometimes he was playing like a well beater, or he played. He played very well under Allardyce at the end of the season before. He's had some great moments. He's only twenty six still, uh, and he's a defensive midfielder, centre uh, back. So he was one of those Sunderland players who sort of came in late to try and yeah help and, them out, and now he's sort of been jettisoned. Now they're in. I think he was brought in by Allardyce in the January before. Played very well, and Moyes couldn't get anything out of him, but Moyes can't get anything out of anyone. So um, he's apparently still available, which I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not expecting us to sign any of those, uh, Flamini, Montari, or Kirkhoff, but they're available and they could probably do a job if we wanted to put money out there. Some, some lovely sort of footy manager style free transfer <laughs> prospects there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Good names. So who would you have? I mean, but we haven't mentioned what has happened to Jamie Hansen. Is Jamie Hansen injured? Because surely he would have played tonight if Jamie Hansen was available. Well, there was talk of him being shipped out on loan, wasn't there? And he went out on loan to uh, Wigan last season, didn't he? He just he just strikes me as a Gary Rowett type player. Someone clearly doesn't fancy him at the club. No, we've talked about him quite a lot considering he's done no minutes <laughs> for Derby. I quite, I quite like him. He's my sort of footballer. He kicks people. <laughs> I'm not very good, so. But yeah, I mean, I know that, I know that um, Derby Telegraph reported that we might be looking for for an option, but I think you're right, Chris. I think. I think we probably are looking for someone to cover a position for a few months and it's hard to convince players to come in just to do that. Yeah. Um, so maybe Jay Spearing is, is the obvious, <laughs> obvious answer. Jay Spearing is the obvious answer. I never thought... But if George Fawn is fit, if George Fawn is fit, then you've got three, three players for two positions and then you've got Guy and Bird. As things, and stand, as, as things stand, we've got Huddleston and Johnson in centre midfield and I think that's enough with the options behind of a, a, a returning to fitness Thorne he's not going to play week in week out for at least another month I would say um, but then you've got you've got the people behind as well the the youngsters there Chris uh, Baird yeah Chris Baird can also do a job in centre midfield I wouldn't want him playing there more than one one maybe two games in a, in he a is, row he's but... like plan F in central midfield yeah. for, for me I don't think he's, his, his position is full back for me I think yeah yes I'd agree but there's also Callum Guy who's done a bit of job tonight and um I wouldn't be putting Max Bird in there. I don't think he's only he's only sixteen, seventeen. So, um, I think we've got enough in the midfield. If there's an injury to Thorn, uh, sorry, to Johnson or to uh, Huddleston, then maybe we can look at it. But I think we can hold off until January. Speaking of uh, using your options, uh, where do you see Sam Winnell fitting in this season? So, I mean, from my Barnsley friend, it speaks very highly of him. Was, very, was kind of gutted when he went to Sheffield Wednesday from there. Um, 
I mean, I don't know too much about him in terms of positional sense. I mean, is he a straight down? Is he meant to be a straight down the middle striker, or is he can he play across the front? For he is, he's a good old-fashioned good target man, I believe. Yeah. Very, very good in That's the a air. fox in the box. And yeah. he has a. I'm sure I was told he has uh, the best football league goal scoring record of, of anyone in the past three three seasons. I think mean, he basically absolutely banged him in for Barnsley, and then yeah. sort of a moderate scoring record for Wednesday. Who was the lad who went to Villa from Barnsley? That Connor Connor Hoovahan? Yes. Connor Hoover, yeah. Uh, he set up a lot of the. They played the together, didn't they? They yeah. were a strike partnership, and he had a he had a good sort of delivery on him. So maybe maybe from there, I think uh, Winnell's a solid backup, but I find it a bit strange when you've got Martin Nugent and Vidra in there. There's a signing, personally. Yeah, I thought it was an odd one. We didn't exactly need more strikers with Darren Brent coming back from fitness as well. I mean. Winnell, um, if he's that classic fox in the box and he's got that great goal scoring record, my my experience of watching those kind of players play is they only really have those goal scoring records and those real prolific spells when they're in the team week in, week out. Yeah. And when they've just become a bit part player, that's when their ratio just goes down massively. That's why he did at Sheffield Wednesday, he didn't really yeah. get the get the chance there, did he? So uh, I think he only scored like four or five goals in the from the January to the end of the season, so he also had a fight with Fernando Forestieri in training, which uh, which which didn't help. No, but he did score many goals as well. <laughs> Probably didn't help as well. <laughs> We're not selling him very well here, are we? <laughs> I'm not overawed by it. Um, For a fourth, uh, he sounds like a luxury fourth choice striker, really. Yeah. What's wrong with Mason Bennett? Indeed. Um, any other business, Coach? There's, there's, you saw something, uh, you saw a Derby County related story you wanted to mention. Well, I did. Well, uh, Chris, you mentioned earlier uh, today about uh, Billy Davis's re- recent ridiculous comments. I think it was to the Times newspaper. He did an interview. Keep saying, talking while I find the link so I can yeah. read them out. Because <laughs> th- they deserve to be said out loud. Billy Davis was talking about how he's no one is to blame for his, uh, everyone is to blame for his own failure in the last three years apart from himself. And he's got some ridiculous quotes in there, which I think Chris is going to share in a second. But it reminded me of one of my favourite ever Billy Davis quotes. And it was right in the peak of his good spell for us, before we were promoted, before the playoffs final, when he described one of our players as someone who couldn't even tackle a fish supper. (laughs) So, which my my quiz question to you both is, which player did Billy Davis describe, which Derby County player did Billy Davis describe as not being able to even tackle a fish supper? Oh, I know who it is now. Bob, yeah. Bob Malcolm? No, Bob Malcolm could tackle many of his shepherds. Yeah, but only when he wasn't drinking and driving. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't tackle the M1. <laughs> <laughs> Second time I referenced that this evening. Um, can I say who it is? I know who it is. You know who it is now. So, was it, was it Craig, Fagan? Craig Fagan? Craig yeah. Fagan. Yeah, and I think he's right, because he was quite a small lad. No, he just was a bit pathetic in the tackle. Yeah, but he... Yeah. But he couldn't tackle a fish supper. No. And he was from Hull. So you what, think what he would enjoy after? a fish supper. Yeah. It was it was late on in that season, it was late on, but it's a quote that I just stuck in my head for a long time. So Chris, what did Blue Davis say about his Um Well he described uh, he's been banging on about the the smear campaign that drove him out of football. Yeah. Um and he said uh uh, that he's gathering he's been gathering evidence of the smear campaign against him over the past three years. And he claims to have spent one hundred thousand pounds gathering evidence. Must have some payoff from Forrest when he got sacked by then. Well, yeah, he had, well, he had a massive. He's had <laughs> a massive Darby, payoff. Yeah. He's, he's been on the payroll at Forrest for for years. Now. Was he at Rangers? He, so he said, um, no, he "These quotes are so good." I love football. I miss football. It's in my blood. But three years ago, I spoke with a very respected legal individual who, back at the beginning of all this, told me categorically, "Billy, he loves the third person, doesn't he?" Yeah. Billy, you cannot go back into football until you clear this up. Um, 
uh, I was an innocent man. It's taken me a long, long time, but I've got that data. Um, I've spent £100,000, maybe higher on my case. You'd think, after all this time, someone like me should have had my hand bitten off by Rangers, by all these championship clubs, all these championship clubs. Yeah, I would not touch them. <laughs> because this is, this is because I'm, a, I'm a very good football manager. Just look at my record. So let's not be kid here. Let's not be kidded here. It has been a smear campaign. My integrity and my morality will not allow them to do what they are doing to me. These smears, these lies, I'm going to prove it. I mean, let's be honest here, Billy. His peak managerial achievement was was the season with us. That was his greatest achievement as a manager. That is how he peaked. And then he had the start of the next season, which was the beginning of our worst season ever. Like, this is a man who had... Like four good seasons in the championship where he got to play our semi finals and finals and he won one playoff. That is it. This isn't a genius manager. I'm not, this man is so deluded. The thing is about him is that he's incredibly unpopular amongst Derby fans. But and I, Nottingham Forest fans. Like, I spoke to our CFO at work today. He's a Nottingham Forest fan. And I've never met someone that dislikes B. Davis more than me and my fellow Derby County fans, friends. Like, Nottingham Forest fans hate him even more. Than yeah. we hate him. But what I was going to say was, you know, he, you, you have to respect his ability to, uh, you know, to, to to get teams competing at the right end of the championship. But he's just he's he, he undermines everything with this, yeah. with this sort of deluded, paranoid nonsense, self destruct button. Hasn't yeah, it? and uh, he's making himself for all this talk about a smear campaign and getting back to football. He's just making himself unemployable, isn't he? It's yeah. just hilarious to see. But. Um, there's and been it, a response, I think, in the uh, the Scottish Sun about saying basically what you've just said and saying Billy Davis clearly got talent in terms of management, but this does not help him. Like, who would want to employ him in that after this? And it's it's interesting that he even thinks it's a good idea. Right. His own is his own worst enemy, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Indeed. Um, enough talk about Billy Davis. I didn't think I mentioned this season. Uh, <laughs> let's let's move on to uh, what we traditionally end the podcast with, which is. Who Ram I? The contest where Tom and Richard have to identify a Derby County player from years gone by. At the start of the podcast, I gave you this clue. I played 22 times for Derby County in 2004-2005. What I didn't say was that it's the years 04-05 rather than just that yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we know that, we know that. Which is a... Uh, a very distinct um, differentiation, so which, which, which I which I had to make on on Twitter this afternoon. Someone pulled me up on it. <laughs> so it straddles two seasons rather than it does. So um, let me find the person in question. I'm just pulling up a popular encyclopedia. Tom Pence has already got it. Um, <laughs> I've got. I'm I've confident. Got, I've got. An, I've got an idea. So yeah. here we go. Um, who am I? I played 22 times for Derby County in 2004. 2005. Tom. <laughs> Tom's nicked it. Oh, Marco Reich. It's wrong. Oh, the reason do you, you're going to hate why he guessed that. No, I, I had that before. That was Marco Reich was number 22. That's why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Kutch, come on. Here's your, here's your big chance. Come on, Kutch. Junior. Ooh. It's wrong. Ooh. Oh, I feel bad saying it. Um, <laughs> to say it's right, Chris. <laughs> Clue number two, I uh, I scored two goals for Derby County. Richard. Go on. If it's what I think it is, I was there on his debut and he also scored 
another player scored in his debut. Danny Dicko scored in his debut, but it wasn't Danny Dicko, it was Jamie Vincent. It's correct. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, <mate. laughs> Millwall at home. Jamie Pride Vincent. Park, Millwall. Jamie Vincent scored a free kick and Classic. Danny Dicko scored like a... I think it was a volley. I think yeah. it was a volley. I'm not sure any of those details are correct, but it doesn't matter, does no. it? <laughs> My guess, my next guess was going to be Mo Konic, and I think I might. Oh, be Mo Konic! That yeah. was the same. That was, it was the same, same team. team, was it? That was the same team. Same kit, anyway. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. He was in that team. Yeah. yeah. That was my next guess. So four point five one, then. Four one. That's what get carried yeah, away. Four one. Three point five one. Four. <laughs> oh, what we should talk about actually before we go is Derby's next game against Bristol City. Uh, quickly, oh, yeah. Tom and Kutch, how do you see that one going? We try not to make uh, predictions. They won tonight. Three nil. They win three nil tonight. No, it's three three. Oh. They, they, drew, they drew they drew away at Wolves um, Bristol City are a decent team I've got a couple of mates who are City fans and they, they're fairly pleased with how they've started um, I can't remember the, the Senegalese lad I think up top who the son from the French uh, French First Division he looks quite good um, and he scored a penalty tonight so I think they'll be useful going forward wouldn't be surprised if we lost 2-1 I will I will be there uh, I'm heading over win or lose we're on the booze etc <laughs> all that so stuff some good ale pubs there Bristol Beer Factory Make sure you hit the Bristol beer. Pubs. I'll be in Bristol, but I'll be at a wedding, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, count. unfortunately, Ross, congratulations, but um, <laughs> uh, not at the game. So uh, yeah, Derby have a bit, a pretty big test against Bristol City. We will be back in uh, a couple of weeks after the Brentford game. I yeah. want to say on the twenty so, sixth yeah. or twenty seventh of we'll all be this there. month. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, if you've enjoyed listening, then please do uh, hit follow on SoundCloud or hit subscribe on iTunes and you'll get the uh, you'll get the latest episode on your device as soon as it drops or just give us a retweet on Twitter we do appreciate the support um, it takes it takes a bit of work pulling these together sometimes and we would love it if you could spread the word about Steve Blim's washing tell your friends even if, even if they support Forrest and we will see you again in a couple of weeks. Richard, oh, he's delighted. He's off the mark. He's loving life. I'm buzzing. I'm, I'm so <laughs> pleased for you. Jamie Vincent, great player. Yeah. I'm pleased for you, uh, yeah. Richard. Thanks, thanks for your, thanks for your time. Thank you, Chris. Tom, commiserations. Sorry, mate. It's okay. I'm still winning. <laughs> and thanks for your time. See you again soon. Cheers.